Damn, Jesse, you are getting people all sorts of hot and bothered everywhere. YouTube, Facebook, now even on your own show. Keep up the good work, man. You are providing me and I'm sure a bunch of your listeners hours and hours of entertainment. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 246 of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore. And sitting across from me, unhappy to be here because she might well miss the Emmy Awards, my lovely, nervous co-host, Brittany Page. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm not nervous. <laughs> I'm not nervous that we'll miss them because I'm just going to leave if the Emmys start and mm. we're still doing this. I'm just going to peace out. But I would like to say I'm very happy that I'm missing what is currently on the TV because what's currently on the TV is the pre-award <laughs> oh, yeah. show. It's the worst. Red carpet show. Yeah. And... I just I cannot listen to these people criticize the dresses that everybody's wearing. I can't I can't listen to it. Oh, so and so decided to go short this year. Oh, well, well, her choice, her choice. But I'm going to give her a, a five. OK, no one cares. Right. No it, one cares. It is a weird, very antiquated thing. And uh, listen, a, a lot of women, will they get upset. Well, they don't do that to the men. Well, that's because the men are all wearing the same the same fucking thing. They're all wearing a goofy ass tuxedo. Looking like penguins. Mm-hmm. Women, there's some variety there. That's actually the the benefit of being a woman in, in my eyes is you have all kinds of options. Men that just, you know, put this on. Yeah. You know, but I do think it's very weird. This whole, when you opened the door, I heard that very comment that you just said. Yeah. Oh, she decided to go short this year. Well, that's her choice. Like, Really, this is what we're talking about for for hours before the event. Yeah. It's this kind of bullshit. Yes. (laughs) Fucking weird. Multiple hours. The other thing I'm sure you're glad about is that we won't be attending any Emmy after parties this year and you won't have to babysit me for an entire evening. That is something (laughs) that I am thankful for. Yes. I I am friends with someone who has won... Three, maybe four Emmys, a handful. We'll just say a handful of Emmys. And the evening of his very first Emmy, we went to the after party in L.A. at the Chateau Marmont. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a little bit too much fun. It was not a good time for me. (laughs) In fact, it was horrible. (laughs) I mean, it was okay. But toward the end, you had a little too good of a time. Yeah, yeah. And you... You were in that drunk phase where you weren't conscious, probably. Yeah, it was um, not. A, it was not a good scene. I mean, you were conscious, but you, your memory, you weren't picking things up. You weren't walking straight. You things were not going well. And we ended up getting home, and we were walking up the stairs, and holy shit! <laughs> I, 
I thought you were going to die and uh, there was no way I could catch you. I just had, I just walked up the stairs and was like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen because I can't catch you and you might not make it up the stairs, but I don't know. Well, that was when I was probably at my ideal weight, which is 245 pounds. Uh I'm about 20 pounds heavier than that now, but even then... There's not a chance you're catching me if I start tumbling downstairs. No. So I had to just cross my fingers that you'd make it. You just bailed on me. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it all worked out. So, right. And I knew it would. So, right. yeah, really, I knew it would. The other thing that was funny about that night is confident, strong Brittany bending down to take pictures with <laughs> certain celebrities <laughs> because they're little people. Uh-huh. And you felt that he was going to feel bad. This isn't my friend. This is another guy. Mm-hmm. A major star, this guy. And you were bending down. So he didn't feel bad that you'd be taller than him in the picture. That's just it's fucking bizarre. I don't know. Okay, well, listen. This was years ago. And it's been a process of me with my height. Oh, that's true. That because, is true. Because when I'm in heels, I'm over six feet tall. I yeah. was probably six foot one or six foot two that night. Yeah. And it's been kind of a process for me. To... You are. You're just slightly shorter than me when you have heels on. Yeah. So, you know, and then you're standing next to actors who are <laughs> five, eight, five, nine. Right. And I was towering over these men. <laughs> and I don't know. It just, it's, Whatever. It's just a weird thing for you because that's not your personality. It's no, and that's certainly the height thing. Being self conscious about my height is something of the past. I no longer feel that way. That's good. And when I go out in public in heels and I'm six foot one, I, I feel like that's power. I feel like it's yeah. power. Well, good, good. I'm glad. That so we've, I've changed my perception. It's a conversation everybody. we haven't had <laughs> for many years, and I'm glad that you feel that way now. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, on with the program. Um, we have to get Brittany to her Emmy Awards, her very important Emmy Awards. It's not like, you know, bombs are going off in I know. New York. It's very inconsistent with who I am as a person, but I sometimes enjoy the Emmys, okay? Well, we're, we're TV and movie people. Yeah. We enjoy the shows. Yeah, and I have certain people that I like that are nominated. I hope that th- they do well and, yeah. you know. So as I did mention, um, bombs have gone off. In, in both New Jersey and New York, and other devices have been found in New York. A, a madman with a knife has gone on a stabbing spree in Minnesota. None of this, other than what I just said, we're going to cover because details are still coming in. So any information we were to give you now, by tomorrow morning when you listen to the show, it will be have been different. So we're going to avoid it. We'll talk about it, maybe analyze it a little bit more in depth once more facts are known because any analysis facts are critical so before we move on with the show let's get to some listener voicemails of which we have two the first one needs a little bit of a preface because he mentioned something that happened at the value voter summit uh, about a week ago with governor matt bevan from kentucky he said this and then we'll play the call if Hillary Clinton were to, to, to win the election, do you think it's possible that we'll be able to survive that? Would we ever be able to recover as a nation? And while there are people who have stood on this stage and said we would not, I would beg to differ, but I will tell you this. I do think it would be possible, but at what price? At what price? The roots of the tree of liberty are watered by what? 
The blood of who? The tyrants, to be sure, but who else? The patriots. Whose blood will be shed? It may be that of those in this room. It might be that of our children and grandchildren. I have nine children. It breaks my heart to think that it might be their blood that is needed to redeem something, to reclaim something that we, through our apathy and our indifference, have given away. Don't let it happen. Of and by and for the people means of and by and for the people. This is our right. It is our privilege. This is not something that came by accident, nor will it be preserved by indifference. Hello, Jesse and Brittany. Uh, This is Sean from Portland, Oregon. Uh, I imagine that you're probably aware about the story about Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin and his comments at the Value Voter Summit about what he perceives to be uh, what would be the response to a Clinton presidency. Basically said that if she's elected, you know, she'll take the country down a dangerous path and that eventually there might need to be bloodshed uh, to redeem America. And then he kept it vague enough where some people are suggesting that he was calling for a second civil war, uh, which I think is debatable. Um, so keeping that in mind, I wanted to get Jesse's opinion on something as a Marine Corps veteran, which I know, Jesse, you hardly ever mention. Uh, unfortunately, I made the mistake of getting into an online discussion with someone who claimed to be a 21-year veteran of the 40th Infantry Division. Um, His point basically came down to this, that through talking with other people in his division, he said that if Kentucky or another state or a group were to, quote-unquote, rise up against the Clinton presidency, uh, that the rest of the U.S. military would join in because there's a majority of people in the military that have so much hatred or animosity for Clinton that that's what they would feel like is the right thing to do. So while I don't particularly believe that that's what would happen, um, since if that were to happen, it'd basically throw out any democratic principles we have, uh, I did want to see what Jesse thinks about you know, members of the military who may possess this line of thinking or uh, just that uh, idea in general, and, of course, what Brittany thinks as well. Uh, so thanks, guys. Have a good one, and love the show. Jesse is the best part. Just Brittany. Love the show. <laughs> Brittany's the best part. Bye. Oh, that was clever. He, he pulled a fast one there. Yeah, he did. Uh, this is an important question. And I, I say this because when I was in the United States Marine Corps... Jesse was a Marine, everybody. <laughs> I'm kind of glad we're bringing that back. <laughs> For all the new listeners, the joke is, when we first started the show almost three years ago, I wanted the audience to get to know me, and so... I said all the time, I'm an atheist. I said all the time I was in the Marine Corps. I said all the time I used to work for the Senate in on Capitol Hill in D.C. All these little bio things I would mention. Every show. Yeah, and then it kind of became a joke that I kept mentioning the Marine Corps. And so Brittany started 
as a point to make fun of me saying that very thing. Yes. Jesse was a Marine, everybody. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that that's the joke there to bring everybody up to speed. Now, while important. I was... What's that? Important. It is important. It, it is. gives context. Yes. We have a lot of new listeners. Indeed. So when I was in the Marine Corps, my mom used to grill me all the time because I was in during Clinton's administration. And my mom used to grill me all the time. If they come for our guns and they have you try to come and take our guns, are you going to do it? <laughs> There's this weird hysterical paranoia among the right wing. And I guess I would have to say my mom is a right wing religious nutter butter. She's not a normal. Well, maybe she is among right wing nutter butters, but that, that's a real fear among these people who don't cogently analyze things. Mm -hmm. um, I would say this about uh, what you said, Sean. I, I admire you for saying that it's debatable or whatever term you used surrounding Matt Bevan and his call for civil war. <laughs> I didn't get that either. And I, 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 I'm glad that you didn't get swept away by raw story or whoever shared this, that you found it. I hadn't heard this. I'm glad you brought it to our attention, but uh, a lot of people, you know, Brittany, a lot of people would say, Oh, he's calling for armed revolt. No, he's just being a, a salacious, inflammatory, incendiary douchebag. Which is what they do. Yes. To get the attention, to get people listening to what he has to say, because no one cares about this guy. No one's even heard about this guy. Right. But through saying what he did, he's getting some sort of attention. I'm sure Kim Davis knows of this guy. Yeah. From Rowan County, Kentucky. Yeah. This is, it gives a bad name to a great state. Kentucky is a great state. You got a lot of good food. You got a lot of great culture. You got the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> and then you got assholes like this who are just ruining it. Yeah. So I guess further to answer your question, one, I don't know what the 40th Inf Infantry Division is. I, he That guy wasn't a Marine. Oh, really? That, well, I, it might be an Army thing. I don't know. Huh. There's a lot of weird Army shit, but mm -hmm. that's not a Marine unit. There huh. is. There are only three divisions... First Marine Division, Second Marine Division, Third Marine Division. I guess the fourth would be like the reserves, but there's nothing 40 anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I often wonder how often, I mean, I love the way that he said, oh, I got into this online discussion, you know, because we all know how those go. Right. But I wonder how often people lie about those sort of things oh, to give themselves sure. credibility sure. in a discussion. Well, the, the, here's the other thing is, I guess to, to put the whole thing to bed, we'll move on, is... Orders don't come down from the the corporal sergeant junior NCO ranking area. They come from up 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 the chain in Washington D.C. The people who are hobnobbing with the president of the United States, individual units or fire teams or squads or platoons, they don't go rogue. That's not how it works. So that guy is just being a clown. And hating Hillary Clinton to the nth degree, and maybe he's been out of the military too long to have remembered exactly how it works. That's just not a possibility. This isn't some East African nation that's in turmoil politically constantly. This is the United States of America. Ah, I'm getting kind of kind of fiery, huh? Yeah, you're motivating me. <laughs> I'm feeling motivated. Thanks for the call, Sean. We appreciate it very much. On to the next 
And this is a little bit of follow-up dealing with the rape and lack of sentencing that we've been talking about recently. Our next call. Hello, this is Rania from Philadelphia. And I wanted to call in to discuss my thoughts on the problem with rape in the U.S. But uh, first, I wanted to share this story with you guys. In 2014, 23-year-old Joseph Presley molested an 8-year-old boy twice while babysitting him at the boy's home. This past June, he pleaded guilty to one count of child molestation. And the judge was originally going to sentence him to for uh, tw- 10 years in prison. But then last month, Joseph was sentenced a 30-day shock sentence in the Greene County Jail and then five years on probation. His attorney, D. Wampler, said that Joseph is a first-time offender and is very active in his church, so prison would not be the answer because registering as a sex offender would be enough of a punishment. And he said, I'm sure a lot of the public is going to say, lock him up and throw away the key, and they're in favor of strong law enforcement as long as the law applies to the other fella and not their child. Do we really want to take a boy that's not institutionalized, that has not been in prison before, and put him in prison with some real sex molesters and some real rapist so that he can really learn the trade? Is that what we want? He then stated that Joseph was molested when he was a child and said, it's not to say it justifies it, but it's an explanation probably as to why it happened. And I am just so sick and tired of these attorneys and judges and our criminal justice system treating sex offenders like they're victims. And here we have a case where this man in his 20s molested an eight-year-old boy and he basically doesn't even get like a slap on the wrist. It's just like telling him, go sit in the corner and think about what you've done. That's pretty much what they did with him. And this is just a huge problem. It makes me very angry. And this needs to change because it's completely unacceptable. It's disgusting. And I don't know. I can't even put into words how much this makes my blood boil. So, um, yeah, that, those are my thoughts. Uh, love the show, and Brittany is the best part. Love the show, Brittany's the best part. I, I laugh because I feel the way Rania feels all the time. <laughs> just so frustrated with the situation that it's just, and I, 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 you'd have no words right. for how outrageous it is. There is one thing, I agree with everything you said, absolutely. And there's one thing that's very poignant, and I'm going to play the excerpt of, 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 of her reading it, which is uh, the response from the judge. Do we really want to take a boy that's not institutionalized, that has not been in prison before, and put him in prison with some real sex molesters and some real rapist so that he can really learn the trade? Is that what we want? What makes this Presley kid not a real child molester? Right. Were the kids that he serially raped 
Were they not real victims? If he had to register as a sex offender for life, he's a real molester. He's a real child rapist. And whatever backwoods bullshit is being drilled into these judges' heads, we need to counteract it because it is, it's a problem. It's for sure a problem. And I would also say that there there does need to be room for some sort of conversation about rehabilitation and, and what that might look like if it's possible under certain circumstances. And that doesn't take away from a punishment, though, right? Are we there uh, scientifically, though? The recidivism rate for child molesters, and I don't know any of the facts or numbers, but the way I understand it, it's pretty goddamn high. So I'm with you, but I, I, my question would be, are we there psychologically or psych- psychiatrically to be able to do that? Or do you mean in, in certain cases, maybe? That's what I'm saying. It needs to be evaluated on a case-by-case basis. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where the science is at with that. Um, but it should be something that is funded. It should be something yeah. that someone is researching. That it, is for it, sure. It's an important thing to look at. More money needs to be budgeted to this because if even something that we could end up curing. Right. But like I said, the rehabilitation conversation doesn't happen um, in place of a punishment conversation. No, you should still be punished yes. for what you do to harm other people. Yes. Even if you were a victim yourself as a child, even if you have experienced hardship, even if there's something to explain your behavior, it doesn't mean that you get a pass for what you did. That's exactly right. And it's just that simple. So I don't know why <laughs> judges continue to do this and attempt to give people a pass. I really don't know what it's about. I'm thinking it might be about some sort of emphasis on rehabilitation. But again, if you're going down that road, it doesn't mean that you replace it and take out the punishment. The punishment still needs to be there. Yes. Because that protects people. Right? It couldn't be said any better. Absolutely. Well, you know. Thank you, Rania. I think I say her name right. I went to school with Arena. Yeah. With the same letters, just configured a little differently. So I'm fucking up your name. I'm very, very apologetic. Well, I love how you're looking at me for how to pronounce names, <laughs> which we know that that's not my... Every time you fuck up a name, I should say, hey, Brittany doesn't know how to pronounce names, everybody. And that'll be the thing. <laughs> You'd be saying that the whole show. <laughs> Take up a lot of time. All right. If you, too, would like to join Sean and Rania and call in, You can do so at 657-464-7609 or, of course, email us a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like. Comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. Dwayne. Dwayne. We have a new Patreon supporter. Why why'd you almost screw that up? Because I was trying to decide between saying Patreon and Patreon supporter. And so anyway, how dare you? <laughs> 
<laughs> Dwayne, thank you so much for supporting us and what we do here. Awesome. Trust that your generous contribution will go to good use in furthering the program. And we we love and appreciate you very much. It is a it's a partnership here that we're building and we were we're uh, real appreciative. And we'll get those stickers in the mail. And we also um, are going to sit down and plan for when our next Google Hangout is. And we will announce those dates coming up here. We also want to talk about the bonus episode. The first presidential debate is on September 26th. And I want to do the, the, the Patreon call and the PayPal call before the debate, I think. Okay, so this next week. Yeah, it'll have to be this next week because it's going to be real busy um, come debate time. Right. Okay, so September 26th, that is next Monday, guys. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you heard, but they've been talking about the candidates doing debate prep and what that looks like. And apparently Donald Trump is not doing debate prep. He is playing it real. <laughs> of course he's not. He's playing it real loosey-goosey. Wow. Okay. So that is something to look forward to, guys. Yeah, it's going to be a shit show. Or maybe he is doing debate prep and he's just saying he's not. So when he gets out there, the bar will be so low that any good performance will be considered a masterful performance. That is a good point. Yeah, it could be. I don't know how good it is, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's get on with it. Get Britney to the Emmys. Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Donald Trump this last week took the press on kind of a wild goose chase through his new hotel in Washington, D.C. that just opened. He had some Medal of Honor recipients there and he promised the press he was going to have an announcement about the birth of Obama to finally put something to rest. All the pomp and circumstance ended up being kind of a shit show, and the media was a little bit uh, bitter about it because it wasn't up and up. Here is finally what he said at the very end of the press conference after having used Medal of Honor recipients as a pawn and as a decoy to get the press there in order to gain publicity for his hotel. Now, not to mention her in the same breath, but... Hillary Clinton and her campaign of 2008 started the birther controversy. I finished it. I finished it. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. President Barack Obama was born in the United States, period. Now we all want to get back to making America strong and great again. Thank you. Thank you very much. We want to get back to the business of making America great again. The only reason this is a distraction at all, Donald Trump, is because your dumb ass wouldn't drop it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. That is factual. Well, JTAP over at CNN. Oh, JTAP. He has been on a tear lately. I love it. I Listen, let me tell you something. For all of CNN's faults, and there are many, they are complicit in the candidacy of Donald Trump as far as I'm concerned, and that is almost unforgivable. 
But they're a part of a greater system, and they kind of have to play the game. Uh, whatever. They have some players over there that I really respect. JTAP being one of them. Brian Stelter, who does not get enough time on air. He's another. Just solid characters who are fearless in the face of public ridicule and you know, even going against what might be considered journalistic standards. Well, we should add some sort of page to dollamore.com that, you know, like those businesses do when they support other local businesses and they put like <laughs> businesses we love. We yeah, should yeah. just put people we love and then have like a gold framed photo of JTAP. Yeah. And, yeah. and give him some praise on the website. Yeah, I'm sure he needs a lot of it. Yeah. I feel like he does need that. <laughs> well, here's JTAP unleashing on this idiotic farce that Donald Trump put forth at his new hotel. These American heroes are, you know, people that we should all show, all show uh, reverence and respect. And they're, they're much greater men than, than Rick Astley. It's hard to imagine this as anything other than a, a political rickroll, the idea that uh, we were told this was going to be Donald Trump addressing something that his top campaign advisors, many people in the Republican National Committee, want him to address and clear up and then stop talking about, which is this lie that President Obama was not born in the United States, which has been discredited for more than half a decade now. But Donald Trump has been uh, trafficking in it as recently as this year. Uh, we were told he was going to do that. And instead, they bring out a number of Medal of Honor recipients and military heroes uh, instead. And it was very clever. On one level, uh, on another level, uh, it does speak to um, the in integrity of the Trump campaign. We had Dr. Ben Carson on my show a week or two ago, and he said he did think that Donald Trump uh, should apologize and acknowledge that it was a mistake. That's not what we heard. Again, what we heard is uh, Donald Trump uh, said that Barack Obama was born in the United States, which has been a fact since 1961, but congratulations for, for realizing it. Uh, and then he said Hillary Clinton started birtherism. Not true. And I ended it. Also not true. And I, I guess I'm curious as to as to what the reasoning is there, um, because while we all got rickrolled and played in terms of rolling uh, the endorsements from those American heroes who came out to talk uh, about Donald Trump and why they support him, uh, Medal of Honor recipients and, and, and the like, uh, what's largely going to be covered uh, is these are these two sentences, um, one of which is completely untrue. The idea that Clinton started this and, and that uh, he ended it. So that's just great. Well, that sounded contrived. But seriously, that is awesome. That he's, he's straight up calling out the campaign. Calling out Donald Trump for the bullshit that he perpetrated on the media and by in the American people. Well, it's necessary because so few people are doing that. Yeah, and I, that is. That's a problem. Uh, Keep in mind, audience... JTAP was the one who asked Donald Trump like 33 times the same question in order to get an answer. I think he's kind of at the end of his rope, his journalistic rope. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's frustrating because if this were any other human being, we would be like, why is Bill Clinton acting like this? Right. Or why is why is uh, Joe Biden acting like this? Choose a name. 
anybody, if they were acting like Donald Trump, we would think... Unless it's like Anthony Weiner. Yeah, what's happening here <laughs> cognitively? What's going on? Absolutely. And for some reason, because this is just who Donald Trump is, no one is asking questions. Right. But just because this is who he is, and it's consistent with who he has been over time, doesn't mean it's... Um, congruent with how someone should behave when they're running for the president of the United States. Absolutely. All right. Well, for those of you who might not be so versed in this entire birth or controversy and kind of the timeline, how it went down, and certainly for those outside of the United States in Scandinavia, Northern Europe, uh, Australia, some of our, our, our listeners around the world, I'm going to play th this little CNN clip that talks about that very timeline. The birther movement had its birth in Barack Obama's first presidential run when some Democrats wanted to stop him and hit on this idea that maybe he wasn't born in the United States and wasn't eligible. Hillary Clinton never embraced that story. So why do some people think that she did? Go to 2007 when a campaign aide wrote an assessment of the race where he said Barack Obama's lack of American roots could hold him back in the primary. What he was talking about was Obama's unusual childhood, living some in Hawaii, some in Indonesia, thought that might not play very well with voters. He never said Obama wasn't born in the United States. In fact, we know of one Clinton campaign worker who tried to push that story out, got immediately dumped by the campaign. So what kept the story alive? Republicans embraced it, and Donald Trump in particular. As Donald Trump started considering a run for the presidency himself, here we get to 2011, and suddenly he's showing up on TV saying, why doesn't he, Obama, show his birth certificate? He goes on to talk radio and on the internet saying, I'm starting to wonder myself whether or not he was born in this country. And in an even more pronounced way, he said, if he wasn't born in this country, which is a real possibility, then he's pulled one of the great cons in the story of politics. So you see how he's stacking up the doubt here. And then Barack Obama releases his long-form birth certificate, and everyone thinks the story is dead. It's finished. There's the proof. He was born in America. But not so fast. We move forward, and Trump starts bringing it up again. A lot of people do not think it, that birth certificate, was an authentic certificate. And then he keeps going, saying things on Twitter, for example. He jumps out there and he says, an extremely credible source has called my office and told me that Barack Obama's birth certificate is a fraud. And he keeps building on it. He never lets it entirely die. Every single one of these appearances is from Donald Trump. A lot of people feel it wasn't a proper certificate. And he never stopped with this. It kept coming up, telling CNN just this year, who knows about Obama? Who knows? Who knows? Who cares right now? I have my own theory on Obama. Bottom line, every bit of this came from Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton did not start it, and he did keep it going. Those are two facts, no matter how much Trump may try to deny them. Not so fast. To claim that Hillary Clinton had nothing to do with the doubts about President Barack Obama is just not true. Here's a very short clip, and there are many, but here's one clip that demonstrates what I'm talking about and her involvement in the doubt. You said you take Senator Obama at his word that he's not right. a Muslim. You yeah. don't believe that he's a Muslim. No, no, why would I? Implied, no, right? no there, there is nothing to, to base that on, as far as I know. It's just 
as far as I know, there's no reason to think President Obama is a, or Senator Obama is a Muslim. Huh. No, no, not at all. As far as I know. That is why people say and say rightly, they say correctly that that Hillary Clinton did have something to do with this, that her campaign did float that out there and then the campaign shut it down. Well, listen, as we know by watching this entire Donald Trump campaign, you don't have to be hearing the, 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 the shitty thing from the candidate for it to be coming from the campaign. There's all kinds of surrogates out there who say terrible shit who are unofficially speaking for the campaign. And that is exactly what happened with this issue, the birth, the birther issue, the Muslim issue, the doubt that clouded then-Senator Obama's campaign for president. Well, and that's also how Donald Trump speaks today, right? Absolutely. Sometimes he is direct, but sometimes he'll do little manipulative language things like she did in that clip. Well, as far as I know, even something as short as that, as quick as that, as seemingly inconsequential as that line, it gets into people's heads, particularly if they lean toward a conspiratorial way of thinking. Right. So it's oh, why? So she's not quite sure. If right. she's leaving herself that much wiggle room, let's let's listen again. You said you take Senator Obama at his word that he's not right. a Muslim. You right. don't believe that he's a Muslim. No, no, why would I? There's no, right. no, there there is nothing to to base that on, as far as I know. It's just goddamn. So enough CNN. As much praise as I just heaped on you. Enough uh, mainstream media acting like Hillary. Oh, Hillary Clinton. She's as pure as the driven snow where it relates to this matter. No, she's not. Well, she's a dirty campaigner, just like she was with Bernie, just like she was with Obama in 2008. Well, I think the media is just going off of what was official and not official. And since Hillary Clinton didn't officially come out and make statements like Donald Trump did about the birtherism movement. They don't traffic in speculation, the media. Yeah. Okay. Well, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes they try. They do their best. Right, right. So the other thing about this, and I'm only playing this because of the funny, and it relates to the birther issue, is uh, Donald Trump, when when Obama finally did release his birth certificate, (laughs) Donald Trump arranged this this press conference, and he landed his, his helicopter on the tarmac, and he came walking up to the media, and this is what he said. Good morning. Today, I'm very proud of myself. Because I've accomplished something that nobody else has been able to accomplish. I was just informed while on the helicopter that our president has finally released a birth certificate. I'd want to look at it, but I hope it's true so that we can get on to much more important matters so the press can stop asking me questions He should have done it a long time ago. Why he didn't do it when the Clintons asked for it. Why he didn't do it when everybody else was asking for it. I don't know. But I am really honored, frankly, to have played such a big role in hopefully, hopefully getting rid of this issue. Now, we have to look at it. We have to see, is it real? Is it proper? What's on it? 
but I hope it checks out beautifully. I am really proud. I am really honored. Now we can talk about oil. We can talk about gasoline prices. We can talk about China ripping off this country. We can talk about OPEC doing numbers on us like nobody has ever done before. We can get on to issues, and hopefully when I sit down with interviews, people don't start talking about birth certificate, birth certificate, like they've been doing. So I feel I've accomplished something really, really <laughs> important, and I'm honored by it. Okay. You, you say you're taking credit for it. A lot of people say what you caused was a distraction. No, I'm taking great credit. And you have to ask the president, why didn't he do this a long time ago? I swear to God, taking away from the fact <laughs> that Donald Trump is the Republican nominee for the president of the United States, just speaking personally on a personal level, how can anyone just personally want to be around him Yeah, or stand to be around him? I swear to God, this is what he is like all the time. He's proud of himself all the time for things that have nothing to do with him. Well, come on, Brittany. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> He's holding a press conference to talk about how proud of himself he is. He's a it's like a like a 6-year-old. Oh, you should be very proud of yourself, little Donnie. Well, also I'm very proud of myself. Don't interrupt him being proud of himself, Brittany. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? Well, he's contradicting himself in this press conference as well because he said there's still many questions. We need to take a look at it. We need to see what's on it. We need to see what it says. He's, he's He also, talked about reading it in 10 different ways. <laughs> he's also saying and finally, then maybe I can go somewhere and not have the media asking me about the the birth certificate. Is it the birth certificate? Right. Well, there's the still a lot of questions. You created all of this. Yeah. And now you're furthering it by saying there's still a lot of questions, <laughs> but you hope the media doesn't ask you any more questions about it because you want to focus on the real issues. Well, apparently this was the real issue for you. Right. Apparently I'm this is what it was. I'm proud of myself. Uh. <laughs> yeah. It's seriously, it's insane. This is a bizarre election cycle. Well, speaking of bizarre, Donald Trump has many surrogates, one of which is his son, Donald Trump Jr., who recently was fielding questions from some cub reporter at like a local Philadelphia news station somewhere, a smaller market. It's not like L.A. or New York. It's not a national outlet. And they're asking him a little bit about the taxes, and he's fielding the questions quite well. And then at the very end of the interview, they start asking about the six-foot painting for the foundation on which, on the board of which, Donald Trump Jr. sits, and he gets spooked and bails out. But listen to some of his answers about the taxes. That's most of the substance of this. And the non-answers he gives, he is just as 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 evasive as his father. The campaign also has been pressed about the issue of releasing tax returns. Did, does your dad have any intention to release tax returns between now and election? Well, we've been told by tax counsel. You got to remember, he's got a twelve thousand page tax return that's under audit. What we don't want to do is create a story where then every you know want to be auditor in the country is going through and saying, "What if? What if?" There's nothing there, but if there is, they're going to try to create a story. And the media that we've seen has been Hillary Clinton's number one surrogate. They have been attacking us. The media's 
been her biggest proponent because they're afraid of a Trump system that will actually shake up D.C. and the system that they've grown so established with that's made all of the people around D.C. very rich while the rest of America has suffered. You know, they, we don't need a story where everyone questioning everything because you, you know what happens with that. Everyone will take a chance. What about this? What about this? And it's just going to change the dialogue. Our dialogue is about jobs. It's about getting America back on the right track. It's about making sure that our kids and grandkids are safe, that we're worried about Americans and their safety and well-being more than we are those enemies abroad uh, that, that we seem to be so worried about their feelings these days. It's your, just a different kind of campaign. Your father has said that he would bring steel back to Pittsburgh. How could that happen? You know, he's going to bring jobs back to Pittsburgh. He's going to bring what about jobs steel? back to this country. He's going to encourage the energy business to keep growing. I mean, Hillary, look at what Pennsylvania has happened with, you know, fracking and the energy business. It's been a great boom. Great boon. And she'd love to eliminate all of that because Saudi Arabia wrote a $25 million check to her foundation. So all of the things that have been good in Pennsylvania as of late in terms of growing an economy are things that are anti Hillary Clinton would love to eliminate them and abolish them and remain beholden to those countries that don't like us. So we're going to make sure that those kind of industries, that jobs come back to America, because when we get jobs, we have people that have stable dignified work. You know, they're going to have better family structure. They're going to make sure their kids are taken care of. Those kids are going to go on to lead more successful lives. That's what we're concerned about. New York State Attorney General is investigating Trump Foundation handling sure of money. What do you have to say about that? And on these uh, reports in the Washington Post, he spent campaign money on his own portrait and cam uh, not campaign money, that he spent Trump Foundation money on a portrait that uh, foundation money went to a contribution to a pack uh, for the Florida State Attorney General. There, there was one thing where a check went to something that had the same name. One was a charity, one was this other thing. They returned it, they fixed it. It was This was months ago. The Attorney General is a Hillary fan. She's a, he's a supporter of Hillary Clinton. He's attacked us ever since we got into politics. By the way, I think the timing is perfect because it just shows how rigged the system is. When you, This guy won't even investigate the Clinton Foundation, which has Decades of pay-to-play, of meetings through the State Department, also founded in New York, so under his jurisdiction. And he lets it go. Meanwhile, two weeks conveniently before the election, he investigates something that's been taken care of through the Florida Attorney General's office months ago. It just plays into the rigged system dialogue. It, it's so perfect because it shows you how corrupt the system really is. You're a director of the Trump Foundation charity. Did you sign off on charity money for a portrait? No, I, I don't know anything about that. So that's, it happened, you didn't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not worried. I'm not involved in it. And gone. Somebody seems like a liar. Um, <laughs> so I like how he's saying, oh, that that's this is something that happened months ago, trying to brush it off. But it all still they, happened. Right. All they do is talk about things that happened years ago or a right. decade ago with right. Hillary Clinton. And it's still relevant for her. So why isn't it relevant for you? It is. It's your history. It matters. Listen. I'm certainly not above the comment I'm getting ready to make. Uh-oh. But uh, Donald Trump Jr. has about the most fucking punchable face I've ever seen. <laughs> he does. This smug motherfucker, right? <laughs> um, God damn. You know, I'm not going to disagree with you. <laughs> I would... It would be hard not to punch him right in his goddamn face. Yeah. Um, he <laughs> Maybe I feel that way more because he's more, you know, close to my age, more able-bodied. And, and it would be like me kicking Donald Trump's ass vicariously through his son. <laughs> yeah, well... You, you did not want to comment on this. Just do whatever you got to do, but... um. <laughs> views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page. 
who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. Saved by the whatever we call that thing. What do it's we call it? It's a disclaimer. It? The disclaimer, yes. Um, yeah, I was going to say before you... <laughs> Stooped to that low level. Yes. <laughs> That, again, similar to when his dad was giving the press conference to congratulate himself about how proud of himself he is. Um, I'm very proud of myself. Yes. That Donald Trump Jr. is also not a personable person. He He's not likable. I wonder if uh, sociopathy is hereditary. I wonder if you can inherit uh, being a psychopath. From your 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 father or your mother? Um, I am not. You have to ask Bob Hare. Yeah, I would have to. <laughs> I would have to track down the answer on that. But um, what I was saying was, I don't think he's he's likable. Again, right? They're they're very self interested people, and I know that people say this about Hillary Clinton too. But I don't get self interested from Hillary Clinton when she talks I get like fake and robotic and not really Yeah, I think so too she's also not personable but I don't get self-interested self-involved and or maybe she's just more polished it could be that she's just more polished um but then that would be that would mean that Donald Trump is just not polished and he's been in the public eye for quite some time. So is he just not interested in becoming polished? Is that yeah. what, is that what you mean? I don't know. Well, spe- speaking of not being polished, here is another Donald Trump Jr. clip. Oh, God. Where he seriously. Listen, it's 2016, everybody making references to the Holocaust in casual reference in conversation. It's just never a good idea. This also is him talking a little bit about debate prep and how it's not important for Donald Trump. It's crazy. So, you know, yes, memorizing the name of a, a, some leader of a country that no one's ever heard of, you know, you can do that. But you know what? Life, business, practice, running something isn't about memorizing those things and regurgitating them. It's going to be about common sense uh, in practice. And so, uh, you know, there's no question that my father will do very well on that. He's, no one's better on his feet. And again, I think you're going to see the difference between someone who's actually using common sense and someone who's just regurgitating uh, the same old answer or an answer that's been drafted by a team of people that are sitting there writing answers to uh, every conceivable possible question that's there. So, uh, you know, I think Americans will appreciate someone who's actually able to act on their feet. I anticipate you saw what happened with Gary Johnson and the Aleppo thing. I anticipate something like that thrown at your dad. Some snarky moderator is going to say, you know, something to trip him up and, and how he'll handle that is curious to me. I think they're going to try that because, you know, obviously after, you know, Matt, finally for the first time ever during the town hall, you know, Matt Lauer asked her some real questions instead of the usual, you know, let's pitch her T-ball. Um, they asked her some real questions. The crowd asked her some real questions. And you see the left all of a sudden, oh, my God, you can't. It's so unfair. I'm like, wait, I said, wait a second. Guys, welcome to our every day. If you're a conservative, if you're the Republican candidate, especially if you're my father, when you're an outsider on both sides. Every day, everyone's throwing everything they could possibly throw at him. Uh, you know, she has one day that answers terribly. No personality, no response, but just stumbles all over herself, and the left goes crazy. And you know what they're trying to do? They weren't worried about that debate or recovery from that. They're trying to make sure that the moderators are ultimately not fair to my father during the debate, that all of them <laughs> understand that, hey, you're part of the left, and the media has been her number one surrogate in this. Without the media, 
this wouldn't even be a contest. But the media has built her up. They've let her slide on every you know indiscrepancy, on every lie, on every you know, DNC uh, you know, game trying to get Bernie Sanders out of the thing. I mean, if Republicans were doing that, they'd be warming up the gas chamber right now. Wow. If Republicans were doing that, they'd be warming up the gas chambers right now. A reference, of course, to the Holocaust, where over 6 million Jews were slaughtered, systematically murdered by the Nazis. Sensitive. Yeah, very classy. Super classy by the junior Trump. So one more Trump story here, and this kind of harkens back to when Donald Trump said that uh, Hillary Clinton's going to take your guns. There's <laughs> nothing you can do about her Supreme <laughs> Court picks. Fo- I don't know why I'm talking like that. It's not exactly how he talks. <laughs> it's apparently just how you hear his voice in your I'm head. I'm Donald Trump, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, akin to that time, when he said that maybe the Second Amendment people would take care of Hillary Clinton, he said something very similar this week. She's very much against the Second Amendment. She wants to destroy your Second Amendment. Guns, 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 right? I think what we should do is she goes around with armed bodyguards like you have never seen before. I think that her bodyguards should drop all weapons. They should disarm, right? right? I think they should disarm immediately. What do you think? Yes, yes, yeah. Take their guns away. She doesn't want guns. Take their, let's see what happens to her. Take their guns away, okay? It'll be very dangerous. What does he mean by she has uh, bodyguards who are armed like you've never seen before. You mean the same kind that you have, Donald Trump? Yeah. The exact type of security that you have, the exact, the, they're employed by the same organization that yours are. Yeah, well, s- communication isn't his strong suit, so right. he has some difficulty coming up with words that are above a fifth grade reading level. Yeah, it, it is It is remarkable. And also, what is he? what's he saying there? That she should be targeted? I mean, what's he doing? Well, when is he going to quit doing this to himself? That's what I'm wondering, because hasn't there been enough controversy of him saying vaguely threatening things or vaguely advocating violence? And you'd think he wouldn't want to cross that line again, right? Kind of stay out of that territory. Or is it working for him? I I don't know. It, It always makes me wonder, what is he distracting from? What else is happening that week that he doesn't want talked about? So he throws up the grenade and then the media focuses on the grenade blast and not this other thing, whatever it may or may not be. It's a good point. Uh, Seriously, punch Donald Trump Jr. right in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, things are not looking good right now for Hillary Clinton and her campaign. She is down overall in the polls. And things are looking so bad right now that they have dispatched Bernie Sanders to make the rounds and appeal 
to his supporters. Please, anybody who supports me, do not think that Donald Trump in any way, shape or form reflects the point of view that I have. Um, What I have tried to do in my campaign is to say that we have got to come together, come together as a people. And, and Chris, some of the most inspiring and beautiful moments of my campaign when I was out in California, I looked out in fields where you had black kids and white kids and Latino kids and Asian Americans coming together to try to transform this country and address the very serious problems that we have, income and wealth inequality, the only major country on earth not to have uh, health care for all of our people, etc. public colleges, uh, free tuition of public colleges and universities. That's what my campaign was about, bringing people together, not dividing us up. So please do not anybody confuse Trump with me. What if it's the first day and you have President-elect Trump? What do you do? Uh, try to overcome my depression and then figure out where we go from there. <laughs> Except that, look, you see the polls. I mean, you know, politicians yeah. never like polls unless they're in their favor. But yeah, I see the polls. This is a knotted up contest. I agree. It is a mood election. And the Democrats are supposed to lose by historical cycles, right? You had two terms. But here's, Chris, here's the other thing I would say to people. Look, and I know people get angry when I say that. I know that all the people who support Clinton are going to come after me, but you've got to be realistic. Uh, I'm not arguing. You know, you're in a dead heat. Yes, I'm not arguing. If the question is, could Trump win? The answer is, of course he could. And that's why I'm going to work as hard as I can to prevent that from happening. This is what I would ask of the American people. And that is, and when your media does not do this terribly often, put things in context. Do we have economic problems today? Damn right we do. How are we today when compared to when Bush left office and we were losing 800,000 jobs a month? Has Obama's economic performance been infinitely better than the trickle-down economics that we had from President Bush? Remember, you remember, that the world's financial system was on the verge of collapse. Yes? Yes. All right. That we had a $1.4 trillion deficit, deficit largest than I say. So you can criticize Obama all you want, but it really would be unfair to say that we're not better off today, despite our many problems, than we were under trickle-down economics. So this is why they're calling Bernie Sanders out and saying, please help us. Right. The race across the combined battlegrounds is as tight as can be, according to CBS News, tied 42% to 42%, Clinton and Trump. Hmm. Clinton was up one point last week and was up two points back on Labor Day weekend. Now, these are national polls, which don't matter as much as they do individual states because we have the Electoral College. Right, but these are in the battleground states, Oh, this is just a poll of battleground states. Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, Iowa, Wisconsin, yeah. Ohio, sure, sure. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, so 45% of battleground voters want to see big changes, quote unquote, big changes in the nation's politics and economy in the next few years, which is a little alarming because when they say that, what immediately comes to my mind is we want Trump. Yeah, which means not another Obama administration. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, And again, it just points to she is the second worst candidate running against the worst candidate. It's the most bizarre election cycle, clearly in my lifetime. But goddamn, what is happening right now? How is it that it's a close race against an idiot, an absolute idiot? 
It's not rhetorical, Brittany. I want an answer from you. I do not. <laughs> I do not have one. What happened to John Kasich? My boy, John Kasich, who I was so high on for so long. This last week, he was at the White House. And the Republican Party did not nominate the man who was rational enough to stand in the White House press room as a Republican and say this. I get reactions like, well, you're a Republican. Why are you supporting something that the president wants? I mean, we're, we cannot get to the point in America that because a Democrat wants something that you happen to agree with, you can't agree with them. There's plenty of things that I disagree with President Obama on. But the idea that I'm a Republican and therefore I can't work with Democrats or you're a Democrat and you can't work with Republicans, how does anybody think that the issues of debt, Social Security, Medicare, health care, any of these issues are going to be resolved when we spend all of our time fighting with one another? You see, I, I, don't, I don't recognize this town much anymore because now it's become so much about politics. And it, when, when politics is the order of the day and partisanship trumps country, we drift. We drift as a nation. And I'm extremely concerned about what I see. This is a moment for people to begin to reverse that to think deep inside of themselves about what matters when it comes to public service. And that is a man who did not get the nomination for the Republican Party. Also said all that off the top of his head. Yeah, yeah it was just, he was leaning on the podium just talking to the press. Right. God damn. What is wrong with our party system right now? What is wrong with the Republican Party that that guy didn't get the nomination? That guy would have wiped the goddamn floor with Hillary Clinton. He would have smashed her handily. Well, he's too reasonable. Exactly. <laughs> they need a madman. They need a racist madman or games off. Well, also, the parties are more polarized today than they've ever been. Absolutely. So they can't have someone in there who doesn't hate Democrats. I know. They need someone who hates the opposition. It's sickening. Yeah, we don't want someone who works with the opposition. Wait, what? No, they're the enemy. Yeah, it's compromise. It's government. You have to come to some agreement. It's not rule by power and rule by force. And this goes for all of you Democrats out there who are so entrenched in your party idea, your, par your party name. We can do better than this. We are better than this. Ugh. All right, now we have to end because I'm getting ready to cry. Taking care of biz. So Saudi women are taking care of biz today. What? Saudi women. Saudi. Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Yes. The just all of the women. Saud. Yes. The house of Saud. All of the women are taking care of biz. I, I think I know what this is. And if it's the same story I'm thinking of, they are absolutely taking care of biz because they're in peril. Right. Well, in Saudi Arabia, every woman has a male guardian. 
Now, this is often a father or a husband, sometimes a brother or a son. Like even grown women, have they have to have a legal male guardian. Yes. And this person has the power to make decisions on their behalf. about Whether, whether they get a passport. Oh, I guess you're going to say. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's anything from traveling, like you said, uh, who they marry whether or not they go to work, where they work, whether or not they have access to healthcare, whether or not they can study, whether or not they go to school. So the same decisions that would be made for a child in the United States have to be made for full-grown women in Saudi Arabia. Right, but these women are trying to take the power back into their own hands by using Twitter. Awesome. And the hashtag is together to end male guardianship and women are risking their lives really absolutely coming out and challenging this system of male guardianship. Um, Some of the quotes quote, I'm a dead soul in a living body and I hope this doesn't happen to my little sister. Um, She's someone who is living under this male guardianship system but challenging it on social media and she she tweeted that fantastic after speaking to dozens of women in saudi arabia human rights watch found in july that the system is quote the most significant impediment to realizing women's rights in the country Absolutely. The Human Rights Watch report, which detailed how women must obtain permission from a male guardian to travel, marry, sometimes work, or access health care, was followed by a social media campaign together to end male guardianship. By September, the Arabic version of the hashtag had taken on a life of its own, with women across the country risking the wrath of their guardians or even persecution. Some posted selfies holding signs with short messages like, quote, slavery comes in many shapes and forms. Male guardianship is one. Wow. Others posted pictures of the cover of their Saudi passport with statements like, I'm a prisoner and my crime is that I'm a Saudi woman. So this is creating some pressure on men. And some of the women have women have said that their fathers, for instance, don't agree with the male guardianship system, Mm. but that they're too afraid to come out and say that they don't agree. So at home, they'll say, I'm I'm not trying to control you. I hope that I'm doing everything right by you. I hope that you're free. Right, right. But when they go out in public, they're not saying publicly, hey, this is bullshit. Let's stop doing this sure. to the women. Right? right, right. So I think this is going to be a process, but I think it's awesome that people are, again, risking their safety Absolute step to, in the right direction. to challenge this because this is a serious problem. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, taking care of biz, Saudi women. It's, uh, it's fantastic. If you have anything to say or add to this or any other story we've talked about, 657-464-7609, or of course, email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love you guys. If you want to support the show other than listening twice a week, go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. There's a link that says support the show. There's all the ways. We, we appreciate every little bit of both monetary support, but also listening support. And the iTunes reviews and ratings. All that stuff goes a long way. We appreciate it very much. You're in this with us. This is a team effort moving the conversation forward episode by episode. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt. He does. This smug motherfucker, right? (laughs) 
Um, God damn. 